When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Point Kentucky. My name is Hunter Mitchell, and I am joined once again by Leah Edmond. Leah, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic today. Of course you are. After the weekend that you just had, I would expect you to be doing great. We'll talk about <laughs> your professional weekend um, at the end of the show when we get to ace it. But um, Leah finished her first weekend with Athletes, Athletes Unlimited, as did Ali Summerlinhan, as did Kaz Brown. And, and Leah had some success. We'll just leave it there for now, but <laughs> we'll hit on that later. Um, but first, we want to bring in Brooklyn DeLay, Kentucky star freshman, who has been absolutely unbelievable, especially late for Kentucky. Um, she's going to come on here in just a second whenever she gets into the studio and gets things figured out. But they had another, the Cats had another successful weekend. Um, this past weekend, they knocked off Missouri and then in four sets. <clears throat> and they took on Ole Miss in Rupp Arena in four sets. They got another home win, which they haven't played at home a whole lot this year. So they haven't had an opportunity to get a whole lot of home wins. Um, but they finally... Um, we're able to to get some more wins inside the Rupp Arena, which I think is is nice for them. They're currently riding a four-game winning streak. So we got two wins for the podcast last weekend, and we get two wins again this weekend. So Lee and I are talking about a lot of wins lately, which is fun. Um, Daniel, do we have – is Brooklyn here yet? Oh, there she is. she is. Hey, Brooklyn, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. We had a Johnny on a couple weeks ago. So you're our first outside hitter to join the show. So thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, why don't we talk first about the weekend that you guys just had. Two more wins. You guys seem to be settling into a little bit of a groove now. Um, what have you seen from your team lately in terms of the SEC play where you are riding this four-game winning streak? You've won five of your six SEC matches. No, I think just the more we play, the more we're trusting each other and just the chemistry is coming along really well. So it just has really been showing up. Um, in terms of your performance, because you have put up some really big numbers in the past couple of weeks as a freshman, just like what what's going through your mind to put up those big numbers in your first time ever on the court? I mean, I know exactly how you felt, but you're kind of got thrown into playing six rotations and you're still putting up double doubles and big numbers. Like, how does that feel? You know, it's just, I mean, it feels amazing. I wouldn't do any of it without my amazing teammates out there, like Emma setting dimes to everyone and just spreading out the offense. So it really is just everyone that's been behind me and just supporting me along the way. Brooklyn, before the podcast started on our first episode, Leah Edmond here, one of the greatest Kentucky players of all time, tabbed you as someone that could make a run at her kill record. I think a lot of people, even myself included, were, whoa, Leah, where'd that come from? Obviously, she'd been practicing with you guys a little bit, seeing you behind the scenes. Um, but you really have come in this season. You put up numbers that we haven't seen since Leah. I mean, the, you had 25 kills, back-to-back -back matches. That was the first time that we saw a Kentucky player have a match or have two matches, excuse me, with 20-plus with kills in two straight matches since Leah here did it in 2016. Um, and then you had three straight double-doubles after that match against Missouri. It's the first time a Kentucky freshman's done that since Madison Lilly. So this is Kentucky royalty. And again, you're doing it kind of thrown into a six-rotation role where Reagan kind of had that injury and had to, you had to step up. 
what in the world? I mean, you've been great all year, but what in the world has happened lately where you're having so much success? Um, you know, I mean, I kind of had a rough go at the start of the season, but um, with Regan out, um, just someone needed to step up. And I think we all did as a team. So I was just trying to do my part to help the team as much as possible. And like you said, doing six rotation was the first of my collegiate career so far. And it was definitely a change. But, you know, I mean, if coach throws you in, you just got to perform the best, best to your ability. So I was just trying to do the best I could. Oh, I, we both know that from high school to college, club to college, it's like a whole different game. So volleyball-wise, what do you think was the biggest change that you had to deal with coming onto a, the college game? Um, no, yeah, definitely just the speed of the game. Like, it was insane. Like, the first practice in summer, like, the tempo of the set, I was like, holy crap, this is so fast. Like, and it took a while for me to adjust to it, but... Um, it definitely makes sense at college level. It's obviously um, so high level and you just kind of take it. So yeah, definitely the speed. <laughs> Brooklyn, you've mentioned Emma as a big reason to why you're seeing so much success. We've said several times since Madison left the program, Emma really has stepped into that role beautifully. Not a lot of setters could have come into the spotlight that Madison left and done what she's done. What's it been like playing with her? Obviously you said it took you a little bit to get used to her and you know, get that connection strong. But what's it been like growing that connection with Emma? No, yeah, she's amazing. Um, and just also like having an amazing hitting and like offense like we do, like she just does a great job like distributing it and finding the open um, person. So, I mean, she's awesome. And so is our offense to keep it widespread like it is. This weekend, you only have one game, which is like unheard of to only play one, but it's against Tennessee and the last outing you had against them wasn't the greatest. So going into this weekend, what kind of is the mentality on the team? What's your mentality going into this to hopefully have kind of the opposite result of what you had the first time around? No, yeah, definitely. Like we have a whole week to prepare and um, scout out this team that we've already played because obviously they're going to be a different team like they were the first time we played them. And so will we. So I think just um, really just taking it day by day and just getting better ourselves because um, we just can only control what we do. So I think just coming in every day and making each other better. And um, the last time I played them, I didn't have my best performance. So hopefully just kind of stepping it up on my end as well um, and helping the team out. Brooklyn, you mentioned it. That match against Tennessee is kind of the outlier for you, at least in conference play so far. You know, you've had 18 kills in every match in SEC play, except for that game against Tennessee. Is there anything specific that Tennessee does that had you struggle against them at that first time? Or was that more just a, the fact that Reagan wasn't there and they had really scouted you all that night before and you all were still kind of getting used to playing without her? Um, yeah, no, Tennessee, I mean, I got to give it to them. They're a great defensive team. They weren't letting much um, hit the floor. And obviously I was going up a great block on their right side attacker. So um, I think just like going off of that um, game before, um, it was like the first time I really did well. And I thought it would come up again and it didn't. But um, just kind of, I mean, going back on the film and just working every day um, to make sure that doesn't happen again. So we've said on the podcast, and I know I've heard it about commentators about how high of a volleyball IQ you have at 
as a freshman, you were able to hit almost every shot on the court and you're able to like kind of see the block and know how to do it. Is that something you learned in college or did you kind of come in that from high school knowing how to do all those things? Because some of the shots you've hit, I still have teammates now that would not know to do that if they were in the same circumstance. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say um, I kind of had some craft in high school, but obviously I tried that at the beginning of the season and some of those shots aren't going to fall. So just definitely um, refining some of those tools I already had and then just taking some new information um, that our amazing coaching staff has given and just using anything like obviously college level athletes aren't going to let much fall. So just finding the uncommon shots like we work on. Brooklyn, you all obviously didn't start the year the way you all had hoped you would. You all had a really, really difficult non-conference schedule. But now it seems like you're settling into a rhythm a little bit. How much does playing at Nebraska and playing at Purdue and playing Pittsburgh twice, how much do you think that hard schedule that, yeah, you all lost some matches, how much do you believe that's really prepared you all and, and been a really big reason for why you all played so well lately? Um, no, definitely. I think the biggest learning points come from bad games or like losses, because then you can really refine um, some of the stuff you were doing that didn't work and just um, taking those huge games, like obviously the crowds too were insane. So just um, already having that experience with that um, like crowd level and just the high level volleyball and using that just to get better and um, work on our team as a whole. So we're kind of in October, midway point of the season and SEC. For you personally, what are your goals this last about month of SEC? Of What are you trying to accomplish maybe personally, stat-wise, something like that? Like what are you working towards going into the tournament season? Um, no, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it has been a rough start to the year. So definitely trying to keep that tradition of winning the SEC. I know – um, our teams held that for a, quite a while, and with that loss against Tennessee was kind of a scare for us. And so just trying to, like, keep that in our tradition line and, um, for me, just doing whatever I can to get better and um, just helping the team out. Brooklyn, <laughs> you've touched on it a little bit, but Leah, Ed, Leah and I have talked a lot about the growth of the Southeastern Conference, especially lately. And I think, you know, you obviously were recruited to Kentucky. I'm sure you watched Kentucky on the television. It didn't used to be a bunch of teams that were really good. It used to be Kentucky and Florida, and that was about it. And one of those two was going to win the title. This year, you've got Arkansas playing really well in Florida and Tennessee. Kentucky's up there. Georgia's been great. I mean, so many teams this year that are having success, not even including last year, where Auburn made a run to the Sweet 16. What's it like for you as a freshman coming into a league that is so good already with Texas and Oklahoma on the horizon getting ready to come in here? No, yeah, it's definitely so cool. Um, like, usually, yeah, like you said, the SEC wasn't um, producing a ton of, like, I guess, like, high, like, winning teams, but now we are, and so it's kind of the place to be, and it's just cool seeing the teams in our conference and um, how, like, far that will go in the tournament, and we know that a lot of SEC teams will, so just representing that and also like every game you play is going to be a tough one so it's just definitely making um, every team better and um, just improving everyone's skill level. I want to talk about your serve a little bit because I know we've talked about it on here and people find it fascinating um, and plus you had a couple aces this weekend so why not bring it up can you describe kind of how what your serve is and how you hit the ball the way that you do? 
Um, yeah, uh, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, I tried the top spin. Um, I've been top spinning for almost like four years in a row now. And um, it was really clicking in practice and pregame and stuff, but it just wasn't showing up in the game. So um, I was talking to the coaches and we just decided it'd be best. Um, also like playing six rotations, um, like serving was a big piece of that. So um, I, we talked about going back to the float serve and I haven't done that for a while. So um, just making sure like to keep the other team um out of system as much as possible because any team that gets an easy serve is just going to dominate. So um, just trying to put it in the best places possible. And yeah, I'm still working on the float, but yeah, I guess it's coming along. <laughs> Brooklyn, we talked after the, the match against Ole Miss about the defense and how you kind of settled into that six rotation role. You were targeted in serve receive 48 times this weekend and didn't have a single reception error. That's not common for most outside hitters in general, much less freshmen. How has that part of your game evolved? What are How are you settling into that part? We, we talk about the offense and see obviously the kill numbers and the hitting percentage, but that's part of the game that I, it doesn't show up in the box score. And so a lot of people don't pay attention to that kind of stuff and know that. How, what, what have you kind of settled into in terms of a passing rhythm, a defensive rhythm, now that you've started playing six rotations? No, definitely like even in high school um, – I would be going up against these amazing hitters and obviously I wasn't the like highest jumper in the gym or the strongest hitter. So I kind of like um, used my defense as a way to like set myself um, aside from some of those players and just really working because um, obviously in college you got some of the best liberos, best defensive specialists. So obviously they're going to target the front row players as much as possible. So um, just kind of taking that role and making sure that, um, the serve receives wasn't changing between outsides and um, our passers. So we really work on that every day in practice. And I think that our front row players can also pass pretty well as well. <laughs> Your roster has something that's kind of uncharacteristic. You have a lot of veterans. And I mean, like a ton of a majority of the starting lineup has played multiple seasons for Kentucky. How has that helped your transition to the game, especially from going from three rotations? Six rotations how has that helped you um and no definitely like their knowledge for the game and like even coming here as the freshman um it was kind of scary at first like all these people like you grew up watching like z's been here a while like reagan's been here a while too and they're just so amazing at the game and so i was really scared to come up and play alongside of them but they're some of the most genuine people and they cheer cheer you on every single day and just want you to be better as a person and a player. So um, definitely just, I guess, like they help you in practice and um, challenge you. So this team is just working every day in practice against each other and just trying to make the person next to you better. So, yeah. Brooklyn, I've got a couple of fan questions for you. So I'm going to ask you a few questions from some Kentucky fans over here for me. So, one of the first things that people asked was, "Do you how, are you skilled at a lot of sports or is it just volleyball? And when did you realize that volleyball was the sport that you wanted to stick to? Yeah, no, I get that question a lot. Um, but um, volleyball was actually the last sport I picked up as a kid. Um, I played soccer, basketball, volleyball, softball, um, golf. And so, yeah. And so um, a lot of those I picked up at the age of four and five. And 
I used to love soccer. That was my favorite sport. And I picked up volleyball at age nine and I just fell in love with the game. Um, it was like the only sport that I had fun in practice as well. And it just really just showed, I guess. And um, in high school as well, I played basketball and soccer. Um, I couldn't really go to one sport just yet because I knew I would be doing that in college. Um, so yeah, we won a state championship in basketball and made it to stay all four years for soccer as well. So it was really fun. <laughs> Do you got any more Anything fan questions or is that? I've got another one, but if you want to go next, I'll, I'll you can go next. We'll ask the no. We're you want to do that one? All right. We got one more, Brooklyn. So they want to know some insights on things like training your joints and ligaments for withstanding a playing style like volleyball. Kind of an in-depth question for a fan, but. Um, shoot. I don't like, you mean, um, like keeping my body healthy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think we just have an amazing staff here at Kentucky, like our trainer is insane. And so is our strength coach. So um, in high school, like you didn't get such like special treatment like that. And mm -hmm. like, we don't, I don't think I stretch as much as I did in high school that I do here. So um, college is definitely different. And I think just the resources that are available for us um, has really helped. All right, Brooklyn. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck this weekend. The Cats are going to try and get another ranked win this season. Try and knock Tennessee off that top spot. So best of luck. Um, we'll, we'll be watching you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brooklyn. All right, Leah, let's do a little brief uh, recap of the weekend. We, we talked about it a little bit. Cats get two wins over Missouri and Ole Miss. Anything that stood out to you from those two wins this weekend? uh offense and how many people were in double digit kills and yeah. that I mean once you do something like that it's kind of hard to stop people I mean they were hitting above 300 as a team which that's like I mean as efficient as you could possibly want a team um sadly though both games went to four sets we and didn't I'm get the sweep we, we wanted it patiently waiting the sweep I just need one of them just one I want to see a complete game from start to finish so that's like the one thing but then on Sunday Jordan Williams was six blocks like that's mm -hmm. also like a huge number so just like really big numbers that show that they're playing really complete games I just want the set wins to match the way that they're playing on the court it's those little mental lapses. Craig's been talking about them in post games. It just seems like they have these big sweat. And he, he mentioned it on Sunday when you come out and you beat a team 25-14, um, you know, in that first set, it's hard to get up for the second set and and beat them again. And that was still a good set, 28-26. Ole Miss took it, obviously, an extra points. But those are the instances we talked about. You can't get in the NFL tournament and give a team hope. You can't. you got to go up 2-0 immediately and, and squash it from the get-go. Don't, don't mess around and give them time to come back. Um, you, you mentioned that the offensive numbers have really, really improved. We talked to all non-conference about, man, the offense is stalling. It, it's not consistent enough. You look at the If you look at just conference games now, Kentucky's gotten up to seventh in hitting percentage, which doesn't seem like a huge number, but compared to where they were early in the season, it's creeping up. Um, they're, getting, they're up to third in assists. They're up to second in kills. Those were numbers that were, I mean, down towards the bottom, which was uncharacteristic for Kentucky, at least of late. Um, it's slowly creeping up. And now when you look at the individual leaders, Emma is back to leading the conference and assists per set. Brooklyn is actually leading the entire conference in kills per set now as a freshman, which is still absurd. Um, so you have the fifth and hitting percentage. I mean, these are numbers that are slowly increasing as the season has gone on. We kind of touched on it with Brooklyn. She's putting up numbers that 
no freshman has since you and Madison Lilly. I mean, though, that's historic. I mean, we talk all the time about what you did at Kentucky and what Madison did at Kentucky, and we are seeing someone come into the program and, and break these records, not records, but set numbers that we haven't seen for a long time. Um, so if she continues that play, like we said, 18 kills or more in five of the six SEC matches, um, Kentucky is going to continue to improve. And obviously we're still waiting for Reagan to be back into the mix and to see what the offense can look like with her on the right pin and on the left and, you know, potentially Johnny and Elise in the middle. We'll see if and when she comes back. But Kentucky is slowly getting better at, I think, what was the biggest issue they had, at least early in, against some of those ranked teams that they really were going to have to fix if they wanted to make any kind of a deep run. We'll preview now and transition to that Tennessee game. The one match of the SEC slate so far that Kentucky has struggled with. Um, Tennessee didn't just win that game. They dominated Kentucky. It never felt like the Cats were in that match. What do you need to see out of Kentucky to come out of Knoxville with a win on Sunday? It's going to be that front line blocking-wise. They have two yeah. extremely good pins, and they're going to have to slow them down. And that's what – you're going to know that they're going to get their kills. That's bound to happen. Like, you're not going to – hold them to zero kills, but it's how you respond to that, not letting them get on runs, not letting them kind of get two and three points at a time. Cause then once that happens, I mean, you only need about six, three point runs in a game to win it. And so just allowing, not allowing Tennessee to get on those runs and really putting a bunch of serving pressure on them. When you're putting serving pressure on a team that takes out a lot of their offense, especially with teams that might do really well in system, which Tennessee does. They're really, really good in system. So force them to be out of system, force those hitters to be a little bit uncomfortable and then have your defense set up really well. But definitely going to need Brooklyn a lot more this game than they had her last time, like she said herself. And so we're, we don't need her to put up big numbers, but having those four four or more players scoring and double having double-digit kills makes things easier. But I think the really big thing is going to be stopping the pins and getting Tennessee uncomfortable as many times as they can so then Kentucky can be comfortable and kind of push and put the pressure on them instead of them feeling like they're constantly trying to work their way back into the game. That's a good point. Tennessee really felt like they were constantly on runs in that match against Kentucky and Rupp Arena. And this is a Tennessee team that's number one in the conference in hitting percentage, assists, and kills. So they are offensively going to come at you. So you mentioned it, the block touches, the back line, it's going to have to be really keyed in here to try and slow some, slow Morgan Fingle down, slow Janasia Moore down. I mean, this is a Tennessee offense that is really clicking right now. They haven't, they've only lost one match all year, and it was that five-setter at Wisconsin. So, I mean, this is a Tennessee team that's legitimate. They're top 10 in the country right now. You know, I don't want to say they were a surprise. They were picked third in the conference preseason. So everyone thought they were going to be good. We just didn't know they were going to be this good. I mean, they are currently on about as hot of a winning streak as you can have right now. Um, they're going to play Auburn tomorrow. So they're getting ready to get into the meat of their SEC schedule. I think they have four ranked games back to back to back to back here, beginning with Auburn tomorrow and then Kentucky Sunday. So we'll see, you know, what happens tomorrow against Auburn. Do they come in at all tired or if, if they lose that match, they come in extra angry. I mean, a lot of is going to be at play after tomorrow's match. I think um, this is another game though, where you look at the SEC standings and you're already one loss down on Tennessee. You lose to them again. You don't have an opportunity to knock them out. You're having to hope someone else beats them. We talked before Leah, you always wanted to make sure that we had the fate of our SEC title hopes in our hands. We don't want to, you know, hope that someone else can beat you. This is a Tennessee team that's so good that you need to beat them because hoping that, you know, an Ole Miss or a Missouri or a Florida, whoever is going to beat them is going to be tough. 
and you look at the, the state of the SEC, Arkansas is up there too. They're also undefeated. So it's not just Tennessee. Those two are the ones that everyone else is chasing right now. You know, this is a really good opportunity to pick up a good win. Kentucky only has one ranked win on the season so far. So this is a chance to get another one. It's a road game, um, which obviously will be obviously great for the RPI and, you know, the cat standings for the, the postseason. So this is a big opportunity. Again, we've seen a lot of improvement for Kentucky lately. Um, I don't want to say it's been against bad teams because they're not bad teams at all, but it has been against the weaker part of the SEC schedule when you look at who you haven't played yet in terms of the Tennessees, the Floridas, the Auburns, the Arkansas. So you're getting into that part of the schedule now. This Tennessee game is a great measuring stick to see how much improvement has really happened since Kentucky began SEC play. Um, and if Reagan doesn't play again, it's going to be, like you mentioned, a, a heavy dose of Brooklyn, but they're going to have to mix the offense up and get Ajani involved in Elise and even Megan Wilson, all that kind of stuff. They're going to have to get a balanced attack because against the Vols um, in that first match, they really had no offense whatsoever. I think Brooklyn had four kills in that match. So they're going to need a lot more from her um, and a lot more from everybody in general if they want to come, come away with that. Well, we've covered Kentucky, Leah. Let's cover you now. You had your first weekend of play with Athletes Unlimited. Um, for Acenet, we are going to essentially, I'm just going to talk to you about Acenet because I think we talked about the structure of the league last week, obviously, but now that you've played and fans have gotten to see you and Allie and Kaz playing, um, I think there's some really cool storylines and stuff that people are talking about on Twitter and just in general. So let's start with just a general question. What was it like playing in your first, uh, not wasn't your first season with athletes, but your first match of the season, your first weekend of the season um, with Allie and Kaz? I mean, there's always like a little bit anxiety, like the first game. I feel like that's how you know you're alive. Like if you don't come into a game with it, just like a hint of like, oh my goodness, we're about to play, like and you're not doing it right. So of course, like going into the first game and I was a captain, like there was a lot of anxiety because it's not the same position as just like being on a team. I'm mm -hmm. in charge of everything. So I'm in charge of challenges and timeouts and um, lineups and what's going on on the court. If we need to make changes, like that's all my job or it can be my job. And I take, I like taking on that role. So there's a lot going through my head. And at the same time, I just wanted to play. So of course the first set of the season ever played for this year, we go to like 33. Mm -hmm. And like, just like we went over, we, it was a, almost an hour long set, not game set. That set alone was almost an hour. And it was really funny because after the game, we were all talking about it and it meant nothing. So in Athletes Unlimited, once you pass that 25 mark, you no longer get points for anything. So you no longer get match points and you no longer get points for your stats. So we were just going back and forth to go back and forth. It didn't even count for anyone. All the just to like, make your arm tired. <laughs> yeah, we were just doing it just to do it. I was like, I was getting all these kills and blocks. They don't mean anything. I mean, like they want they help us win the game, but like I don't get any points for them either. So I was just like, we were just playing to play. And so at that point, we were all like, dang it, we should have just like finished it up. But yeah, of course, longest set ever and it was back and forth i mean we every time you thought we were going to get it something would happen we'd be like oh my god but i mean it was so much fun i we got to play on espnu this weekend which was huge and i didn't realize how big it was until i saw so many pictures after the game of people watching the game in restaurants and mm -hmm. bars and people that haven't been able to watch me play in a long time were telling me that they got to watch me play so like that part was super exciting, just like being able to be on ESPN again, like I was in college and knowing that more people will be able to see us um, compared to last year. 
when we were on Bali sports and it was really hard to see, especially as we were in the middle of NBA season. And so NBA games were taking precedent over our games. And so sometimes some people wouldn't get them. So it was really exciting to be on ESPNU and on a Monday when like there really wasn't anything going on other than Monday night football, but you know, volleyball is really more important than that. Who cares <laughs> about Monday night football, but it was really exciting. And it was just a really, it was a fun weekend. It was such a fun weekend. Like I just can't stress that enough. Like I'm like having FOMO reminiscing on everything that happened last weekend well leah i told you on the podcast last week if you didn't win because your team was stacked i was going to roast you so now on the podcast i could at least give you praise i mean the team that you built in week one broke so many athletes on limited records in terms of blocks at a match in terms of your win margin i mean you guys were rolling over people you lost one set all weekend otherwise you won nine sets pretty easily i mean it really wasn't a whole lot of resistance so I will go ahead and come into you, give you your clap, give you your praise. You took uh, my challenge, and I think you ran with it a little more than I was expecting. I knew you all were going to be good, but um, what was it like playing on that team? Because you all really had little to no resistance, and your team was absolutely stacked. It was so much fun. My mom even said, she was like, you just didn't stop smiling the entire weekend. She's like, every time the camera was on you, you had a big old smile. She's like, so I'm yeah. guessing you were happy. And I was so happy. I was happy playing with Allie again. I was happy playing with so many friends. Because I mean, the majority of that team I had played with. The only person mm -hmm. on that team I hadn't played with was the right side that we had. And she's yeah. phenomenal. And so just like, it just felt like old times. Like it just was so much fun to be, we were just rolling. And I mean, it was just like, fun like the bench was fun like everything was fun the team like really dug into everything i asked which was like amazing because we were together for such a short amount of time and i was like hey like we need to take it to another gear how many more points can we win without letting them score one point and i'd be like let's try to get two and we get four like they just like dug in and we were just enjoying every moment and it never felt like we were struggling because there were like two of the games we started down like really far down like yeah four to one like we were down by a lot and it never felt like we were down by a lot it kind of felt like we were still playing we did really good at siding out i mean on monday's game i mean we were passing nails i mean almost every pass was a perfect pass it was kind of ridiculous at that point like we kind of got off the court and we were like oh we're passing like we're passing, passing. And even like myself, I was like, oh, I'm passing today. <laughs> and usually I'm not like very confident in my passing. Cause I like, I really didn't do it a lot till I became a pro. And even me, I was like, oh yeah, we're on it today. So it was, it was so much fun. It was a really good group. I mean, we scored more, the most points that a team can score in a weekend. I mean, Morgan set a personal record of digs. She had 25 digs, which is the most in the Who's league. Surprised? Um, no, no one, not anyone. I mean, she makes, and I put it on Twitter. I mean, she makes life so easy. Like I, most of the time do not have to worry about anything but hitting. And when I do play defense, like it's so easy. Cause I know exactly what ball is my ball. And even the balls I think that are my balls, she ends up taking anyway. So it's, just, it's even better. Um, but it was really fun. We set so many personal records. I set personal records. Our blocker set personal records. Like it was just every time something happened, it was like, and that's a record. So it was, it was good. I like being a part of that. I think all of us were really excited to be a part of that, but it really sucked when we had to go apart. Like, in, like there was just like no choice. It wasn't like uh, all my team got picked apart. It was like literally half of my team is doing the picking, yeah. which we were all like sitting there looking at each other like, oh my goodness, what have we done? What have we done? Because we will never- <laughs> If you don't know, if team. you aren't familiar with Athletes Unlimited, um, the top four are the captains for the next week. And all four of the captains this week are from Leah's team. So 
Um, it's Leah Edmond is number one, and number two is Ali Linehan. So let's talk about what it was like playing with Ali. It's funny, I was watching the broadcast, and Missy Whittemore is doing the color commentary for you all last weekend. And if you don't know Missy, she's one of the best color commentators in volleyball, whether it's collegiate or professional. She's unbelievable. I, I highly encourage, if you're watching this weekend, if she calls again or any collegiate game where she's calling, turn your volume up. That's how I learned a lot about volleyball was through listening to people like Missy. So, um, but I was I was listening to her and she said she talked to you about drafting and that your first pick was Allie. Um, and that a big reason for that was because she was such a perfect complement to your play style. Um, just where you are constantly usually bringing the force and the thunder kills. She can do that, but she likes to carve up the defense with the roll shots and the tips and the you know, shots can't fire and <clears throat> down the line, she's more of a finesse player, but can bring the power, you know, when opposite. You two really are such perfect complements to one another in terms of a hitting style. What was it like playing with her again? It was so much fun. It was so much fun. Like even like passing beside her, like mm -hmm. was just like, it felt like at Kentucky again, like all the pictures of us like standing beside each other, like came like rushing back to my head and all those like moments of watching each other play like from the back line, her being front row and me being back or vice versa. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. Like it's just like in moments that like with other people, like we might've had to talk through it. Like I knew what she was going to do and never had to worry about it. And it was just like super easy. And she always has a huge smile on her face. Every little thing that happens, she's just happy. And she's just a happy person. And she really does a great job. And she plays the L2 role so well. And if for people who don't know, kind of like you have a set, you have an outside that um, follows the setter. So they're about like one position beside each other. And then you have someone that's far away. And so she plays in that far away role. So um, by where she's located, there's a lot more passing pressure on them. Defensive pressure, there's more. And so some people really struggle with that role. And she does a phenomenal job of it. Um, she's just such a good all around player that like, I knew I could depend on her for whatever. Like if there were certain things that I needed, I knew I could go to her and ask like, Hey, like we need a serving run right now. Can we go back and like go crazy with the serving? And she did. And defensive wise or passing wise, when I was front row, I was like, Hey, can you like take a little bit more of the stress of passing away from me so I could hit? And she does it with no problem. And it's just like, it was very easy to be beside her because we already knew each other's tendencies. And she's very good at me when I'm like in my head to be like, hey, you're fine. She's like, she'll be like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And she saw me and she knew. And that was like the nice part too, is that she knows me so well. She could tell when I was like starting to think too much about things and she'd be like, you're fine. And then slap me on the back and then we would go on to the next play. So it was just nice to be around someone that knew me so well and I know her so well and it was just comfortable. It's funny watching you all. I mean, I, I, you all played how many years together? Kentucky? Was it just two? We only played two. Yeah, she was two years. Yeah, I was going to say. So it's it's it was so, for those of you who haven't watched it, if you haven't watched the pro league yet. Please, I encourage you to watch it. They're not playing together this year or this weekend, excuse me. But the first weekend, it, it was very much flashbacks. So man, I forgot what this looks like, and it, it's such a shame that you two didn't come in as freshmen together because you all are so much fun to watch when you're playing together as that L one L two you all are hard to stop. And I have a feeling for the rest of the year, if you all are not captains, you're probably going to be picked just by people just because they don't want you on the same team together. 
Um, that's probably going to be a very large reason why you all, you know, might get picked at times because they're just, I don't want to deal with the two of them together on the same team. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was fun. It was fun, but we definitely will probably never, after the that weekend, <laughs> we were like, um, we will never be together again. And we were like, it was fun <laughs> all lasted. Like we literally hugged each other and I said, so I'll see you in January because we're playing on the same team again in January. And I was like, so I'll see you in January because we're just never going to be there. <laughs> ever again and like i told her because with how the leaderboard works with how many points mm -hmm. that we scored that weekend you kind of really it set us apart from a lot of the league and they would have to put on basically that same performance that we did to get up there so i was like you do realize we're both probably going to be captains for a couple of weeks unless like we play awful and she was like dang it and i was like yeah can't even pick each other and so we were like okay who can lose but not lose too much so then we can be back on the same there team. you go there you go. And Some I was like, strategy. I don't know. I was like, I don't know about the losing part. I yeah, know. I was going to say, Leah Edmond and losing on purpose is not a thing that ever will go together. So I, I'm too competitive to let that happen. I was yeah. like, it's good and fun, but it ain't going to happen. <laughs> well, Leah, one of the cool things about this league is not just the team performances, but like we've talked about the individual part. And it was really cool for me because, again, you were, I don't want to say you were one of the first athletes I covered because you weren't. I had been covering Kentucky for, I think, two or three years before you got there. But when you came to Kentucky, it's when I began to actually understand what I was watching. It wasn't just photographing. That's when I started writing. The feature story I did on you was the first feature story I ever wrote. So you kind of have a, a little, like, nostalgic place in my heart in terms of volleyball. Because, um, you, like I said, you were kind of one of the first people that I learned the sport through. So... I haven't gotten to watch you play in about four or five years, and I forgot how good you are. And I know you hate when I brag on you, but I'm going to do it just a little bit. But I will say, watching this weekend, I was like, man, I forgot how good Leah Edmond is at the game of volleyball. Some of the swings that you put to the floor, they need to check the court. And I knew that you had a heavy arm, but I feel like you have gotten somehow stronger since you've gotten pro. And it's funny, even little things, like passing-wise, you were targeted every single match that you played at Kentucky because teams knew she's a freshman or a sophomore. She's playing since rotations. we got to put some pressure on her and try and get her uncomfortable. Even that doesn't seem to bother you as much anymore. I mean, you were passing almost perfect every time. How have you gotten better since you left at Kentucky? Because for those of us that haven't gotten to see you since you've been professionally, this is kind of the first time we've seen you in a few years. Well, the crazy thing is I have a torn labrum in my shoulder. Um, I found that out. Tell. Yeah, you can't tell. It's great. Um, I found that out my first season of AU. And so I did like crazy intensive rehab. And I also kind of relearned how to swing. Um, so I have a lot more control over my shoulder. Um, but I have to give my props to my dad and the football team. Because this year, um, working out wise, I was able to, I didn't play, I only had the college tour in the spring so i was home for a lot longer and i was in like a very very rigorous routine of working out literally five days a week monday through friday and i worked out with them and so every workout that the football team did i did and they would not let me get away with little weight they told me i if i'm going to lift with them i have to lift big weight and so then it became a competition of how quickly can i get up to the weights that they were doing and i'm crazy and competitive so it happened quite quickly so like by midsummer june ish i was lifting the same weights that they were and it was that. very exciting that i got to do that but yeah and i just the pressure of professional there's not much um i guess leeway that i had in college um subbing wise that doesn't really happen 
Um, for AU, we have special rules where um, technically in professional volleyball, if you sub in and come out, you can't come back in that set. Um, so for AU, we decided to let people come in and out as much as they wanted, um, but we still don't sub a lot. Um, outsides don't get subbed out in the pro game. You have to know how to pass or you're not going to play. Um, so that from the beginning, when I my first game in professional, I had to learn very quickly that I um, I got to pass and I need to know how to pass. And I took a lot of time to get better at passing. Um, I feel I find it easier now because the ball comes at you so fast serving wise. Like it, y'all, it, it's really crazy. Like we talked about Brooke, with Brooklyn, the jump from high school to college, the jump from college to pro um, is insane. Yeah. I'm just like, it's insane. And then my coach that I had this weekend, uh, Dave Rubio coached at Arizona. Um, and he was there when I was there, he actually was the person who got me started playing volleyball. So it was like a full circle moment that he finally got yeah. to coach me. He was talking about the velocity of the serve, um, coming at us. I mean, it's coming 45, 50 miles per hour and that's from everybody. So less time to think. Um, but I actually, am second all time in reception attempts so the targeting me for passing has only gotten worse not even it hasn't gotten easier it's actually gotten worse i think i had like 299 attempts going into this season um and i already already looked at the stats i have the most reception attempts already within week one so they 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 still target me um they tend to target me when i'm not hitting because everybody has learned that i love to pass to attack so they usually get me when I'm back row, but yeah, the targeting has not stopped whatsoever and everybody knows it and they all do it. And I know when they're doing it, cause they'll like look dead at me and I'm like, okay, here we go. Here <laughs> we go. But yeah, it's, it's been fun. A lot of, a lot of things have changed. I think I've volleyball wise have gotten smarter cause I have no choice to, I think the layout of this league allowed me to become a better volleyball player. Cause I mean, you try not to look at the leaderboard, but it's hard not to look at the leaderboard yeah. and it's hard not to be aware of every time I get, uh, I shank a ball that's minus 12. Every time yeah. I hit a ball out, it's minus eight, like things like that, that like maybe I didn't think about in normal volleyball when I'm just playing, um, come into play now. And so now I'm more aware of, Hey, let me keep this ball in instead of wailing away at it like I usually would, because now there's more repercussions of we lose a point and I lose stat points. So I think that has been so helpful. I try not to look at it, but I think it's more helpful now knowing that like, hey, I got to be smarter because I'm getting double the negative points when I'm doing when I do something wrong. So I think that's also helped my game as well. I want to play cleaner now and I play a whole lot cleaner than I did in college, but I still will away balls sometimes. I just, some, it's fourth habit. Sometimes I just kind of go there and bang a ball away. But It's funny. Yeah. I didn't realize until this season, you hadn't been a captain in your previous year. So what has that mm -hmm. been like for you? And obviously you have to draft as a captain. When you have that first pick, what are you looking for? Do you, do you have a tendency of which position you draft first or is it just kind of dependent upon a week to week basis? What's that like? Uh, yeah, so I haven't been a captain since season one. Um, I was like very, very close last year and then I got COVID. So that kind of ruined my point chances. And so I wasn't able to be one. Uh, but going into this year, I think my big focus was um, camaraderie. Um, it's not about stats with this. And that's like the shocking part is you would think, oh, yeah, I want the biggest hitter, the best setter, all that stuff. And it's really who works the best together. And who works well together is usually who wins the matches because they're able to click and connect way quicker than if I just took a bunch of people who were just good at playing at playing volleyball but didn't 
but didn't do well together. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a tendency to pick my L2 first. So whoever is playing opposite of me, um, that was evident when I picked Allie. Um, I liked having someone who complimented me. And I know that that's huge because of how much passing I do that sometimes I need that extra help. Um, This week, I kind of went the opposite and I went setter first. Um, It kind of depends on the makeup of who's captains. Um, So last week, it was two outsides and two setters. And so I knew kind of who I was competing. I was competing with the other outside to get the positions we wanted at the same time. The two setters kind of, um, when you think about it, it's really interesting how people build their team based on the position. Um, so setters have a tendency to go get their middles first um, or get their first pin first. And the outsides have a tendency to go get their setters first. So I knew I had to go and get Allie before another setter got her because they were going to want her. And this week I knew I had to get my setter first because I had a setter an outside at an outside and a libero drafting, which means that they were probably going for the same positions that I was. The setter was going for the opposite. So I knew I had to go and get certain people before they did, or else I kind of would have been left with whatever they didn't pick. So I want to have a little bit more control over that. So I went and got a setter and a middle. And then after that, I went and got a right side and I kind of just like let the cards play. It's kind of hard with the draft because like you have an mm-hmm. idea of like who you want. But yep. it's really just kind of sit there and watch what happens until somebody else makes a pick. And then you make your pick based on whoever else makes. So I can say, oh, this is like the team I want. And then 90% of the time you get like your third pick after your first pick. Except for like week one when I got all my first picks. But it's, it's funny fun. watching the draft isn't live this year. So I have to wait mm-hmm. until they release it on Twitter this year. So. I was curious as to what was going to happen, given how successful you guys were as a team this year, how much you all got moved around. And you all, like we mentioned it, you had to get blown up because of the fact that, you know, you all were in the top of the leaderboard. But just from a, a standpoint of everyone else that got picked, it, it, your team is very much scattered. So you all are not together, unfortunately, anymore. We'll talk a little bit about Kaz Brown, because Kaz, obviously, she wasn't a captain this week, but she had a great great first weekend she i don't think she started in her first match but they were looking for a spark off the bench she came in was fantastic for them as that secondary middle and then started the next two matches and actually it was a big reason she got the set clinching block that pushed kentucky to a golden set which if you aren't familiar with athletes unlimited it's a very fast set to five points if the aggregate score is tied after three um so she got the set clinching block tied the aggregate score for her team pushed them to that fifth set she had a great first weekend. I was looking to see. I was curious. Would Leah get Kaz on this first on this next weekend? Allie Stumler got. I Kaz. know. I so know. So funny. Allie and Kaz did not get to play together at Kentucky, um, but she has Kaz this weekend. So that's going to be fun. Now we get to watch Allie and Kaz against Leah Edmond. I'm telling you all, if you have not watched this league yet, it is so much fun in general. But especially as a Kentucky fan. Getting to see former Wildcats play with and against each other is so much fun. Even watching you and Kaz battle each other, seeing – I forget how much attitude that you guys play with in the best oh way. God. You all want to beat each other so bad. bad. And it is so <laughs> funny watching you go up and swing against her and watching her trying to block you. It's so much fun to watch. So I'm going to – I have always been a big proponent of volleyball is such a fun sport, and if you do not know it, watch it. I have never heard anyone that has watched the sport and said I was bored watching it. It's always fun. And if you look at the viewership numbers, both collegiate and professionally, the fact that ESPN is now picking up these matches and putting them on their flagship programs on ESPN 1 and 2 and ESPNU, 
We have talked about it so many times. If you build it, they will come. Please watch not just collegiate volleyball, but watch Athletes Unlimited. Watch this league. Um, the athletes that are across, not even just Leah and Allie and Kaz. I mean, the athletes in the league as a whole, you know, just from your team, what Morgan Hintz does, what Danielle Hart does, Sydney Hill. I mean, these athletes are incredible and this sport deserves more attention. I don't mean to get on a soapbox, but I guess I'm going to. The sport deserves more attention. And the more eyes that you put on not only collegiate volleyball, but also professional volleyball, the bigger this sport is growing. It has grown so much in the last three years, just from teams that are playing on ESPN in the middle of the week. That wasn't happening for years ago. Leah's mentioned it. It is such a big deal for them to be playing simultaneously with college volleyball and on ESPNU. Please make sure you are tuning in because it really is so much fun. It's fun to sit at home and watch. Man, Leah, you missed that kill. That's minus eight points. Or man, Al, you got an eighth. That's awesome. You got 12. Like, as a fan, this is also the first time I get to sit as a fan. I'm not covering you all. I'm not photographing. <laughs> I'm just getting to watch and enjoy as a fan. And so I'm having so much fun. So if you have not caught the league yet, please tune in. Leah, you play at 930 tomorrow. You're the second match, right? I am 930 all okay. weekend. But Monday's game, if you want to see all the Kentucky people, is the game to watch. Because that is the only game on ESPNU this weekend. And that's when I play mm-hmm. Allie. So, so, that, night, so that is the finale. The finale of Athletes Unlimited Weekend 2 is the weekend when Allie Stumler and Kaz take on Leah and her team. So make sure you are watching. Leah was captain number one because she had a phenomenal weekend to play in first weekend. So we'll see if she can keep it up, see if she stays at the top of that leaderboard. We'll see what happens. Um, but make sure you all tune in this weekend. Not only the Kentucky when they take on Tennessee on Sunday, but to Leah's League Athletes Unlimited when they play tomorrow and then Sunday and then Monday. We'll keep tweeting stuff out so you all can find that stuff too. So thank you all again so much for joining us, Leah. Best wishes on another great weekend. Hopefully um, I don't have to talk smack to you next week. So hopefully you come out with some more wins. That way I don't have to do that. Um, but we're so excited to get to see you play again and we're excited to see what Kentucky does. So have another great weekend, Leah. You too. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.